Welcome to Shouts of Grace Radio, practical conversations from God's Word hosted by Pastor Steve Pearson of Redemption Hill Church in Saratoga Springs. At Shouts of Grace Radio, it is our purpose to encourage you to see the Bible as God's source of truth for everyday life and grace as a foundation for a genuine relationship with God. Now, let's join Pastor Steve for today's conversation. Hey, welcome back to the program. We are super excited you can join us for a special occasion as this is three years that Shouts of Grace has been on the air and we have been so blessed. Um, We have had so many different guests on the show. We've covered a host of topics, theological topics, uh, just just opening up the Bible. I'm dealing with with things in life, and 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 it has just been a huge blessing. We've gotten so uh, many comments um, over the past three years from from many of you watching, and so we just want to say thank you for watching. And if you happen to be tuning in for the first time on this uh, three year anniversary of Shouts of Grace, we want to say welcome. And let you know that, yes, there are three years of episodes for you to catch up on. So you can go to shoutsofgraceradio.com and there there's somewhere around 130 or 140 or whatever it is. Um, and you can go ahead and listen to those and catch up to date. Um, and if you are a return listener, we want to say thank you for supporting Shouts of Grace and also an uh, uh, a shout out to Key Radio Studios here in Provo, Utah, for the use of their studios. Well, today, what I want to do is, um, I kind of want to, I kind of want to blend something. I want to let people know, you know, several, several years ago, uh, before I moved to Utah, I was a a native of, of of a different state in this wonderful union of ours, and um, where where Christian radio was something that was just um, on fire, and and I always remember. Well, always thinking to myself, man, I sure it would be great to to do a Christian radio program in a place where there weren't a lot of Christian radio programs. There it is. <laughs> and so, um, several years later, we would move to Utah, and it, you know, it would have it that that we hooked up with uh, with Key Radio Studios, and uh, Shouts of Grace was born. And so, um, in, anyway, I, I bring all that up to say that today's program, what I want to talk about is I want to talk about promises, and sometimes when promises. Um, are given to you personally, perhaps by God, or or you really feel like like lot God has spoken to you, but it just seems like there's this long delay, and you're just like, oh my word, come on, did I really hear from God? What's going on? Um, and so I want to talk about that today. So today in studio we have our good friend, Mr. Mike Cunningham. How are you, brother? I'm doing awesome. Good, good, good. So so Mike, you know, you and I are about the same age. We're kind of we're not old, 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 old Abrahamic type of guys, but we're not we're not young guys either. So we've got a few years under our belts. We're and we've just been, right. <laughs> we've been walking with the Lord for enough time where we've, you know, we've we you've probably seen this as I have as well, where where somebody will say, "Yeah, the the Lord spoke to me. The Lord spoke to me." Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, in 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 usually in young, in young adult ministries, which is. Uh, what I did for several years, it's like young adults are all over the map on that. Well, God spoke to me this week, and then next week God spoke to me. And oh, I'm yeah. always I always telling you know what, T- take a seat for a second and just wait on the Lord and renew your strength. Isn't but, it funny how those <laughs> big callings are opposite, you know, seven days apart? You yeah. Know? Yeah. So, so anyway, I, I, I think, I think what our listeners would, would like to hear is, you know, we, we believe obviously that there's general revelation, right? Where, where, where God has spoken to 
creation, Romans chapter one, the things that are clearly evident are seen, right? right. They're people without excuse, right? So there's general revelation given to all, irrespective of your beliefs in, in God, but but then there's also specific revelation that is given to the believer in the person of Christ. And when you unpack that, we we do believe that 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 the Holy Spirit who has been given to the believer uh speaks to us all things that he hears Christ proclaim. And so there's that interaction that we have with God through the Holy Spirit and meaning that there are times when when God gives us words or promises about certain things, right? Um and 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 when God gives us promises, we know that God doesn't back down on his promises. However, <laughs> there are times, Mike, when when uh, when promises are given and and they're not fulfilled right there in the moment that that we start to kind of shake a little bit. And so what I want to do is start off, kind of push off the dock with um, Genesis chapter twelve, verse one and two, where God gives Abraham a promise, mm-hmm. and he says that he wants to pull him away from this land, from his family, this place called Ur, and he's going mm-hmm. to make a great nation out of him, right? Right. And then in Genesis 15, he reaffirms that, and 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 and, and, and Abraham starts to ask a question, well, well, how are you going to do that? Because the only one I got in my home is my servant. <laughs> you know, I mean, how, how's this going to happen? He says, look up, is, is, look at the stars of the sky, look at, you know, this is your descendants, I'm, this is going to happen. And then a little later on, um, I, um, Abraham and his wife Sarah start to doubt, mm-hmm. and um, they take matters into their own hands. You know, we know the case, and and they they help God out with His promise. And Ishmael is born, and then God comes to him a year before He fulfills His promise, and He says to him, "I'm going to make you a great nation, um, and your wife Sarah is going to bear a child." Mm-hmm. And Abraham laughs. And, and, yeah, don't and, do that. Yeah, you don't want to do that. And, and then he yells out something and says, Oh, that Ishmael could be this promise, right? And God says, No, your wife Sarah is going to bear a child. So here she is, 90. He's almost 100 years old, and they've been waiting a long time. Mike, talk about when God makes us promises. Talk about, and this is a real practical episode, talk about the temptations. That reside because typically when God makes us a promise, it isn't He makes us a promise at 8 a.m. on Monday and then at 8:05 on Monday He fulfills the promise. The, the, there's a gap oftentimes between that. Talk about the 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 agony that exists there. <laughs> oh, there is agony. Uh, that, there's a lot of that in my call here, where I've been feeling this uh, tug to come out west and 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 start a church, probably for 10 years. And, you know, if it would have gone to, according to my plan, I'd have been here a long time ago. But, you know, God is sovereign and he is in control and he uh, I'm not. And I think that that's it, actually I could honestly say that has been for my benefit, that the a better version of me, a more prepared version of me, a more spiritually mature version of me is out here, whereas the other guy might have failed. But in general, I mean, we have to be able to discern what is cultural versus what is biblical. Biblical is going to be wait on God. He's in control. You know, understand the relationship. Uh, he's, you know, he's not going to let us down. He's God. The cultural is now, 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 microwave mentality. Um, you know, you think you're going to, you know, here's the promise, here's the delivery. And I think that we don't need to um, superimpose what is cultural, the speed of our, of our culture on the promises of God. Yeah. Yeah, because we are we live in a very fast paced, disposable um, 
con, you know, culture. And right. that's not really, doesn't always align to what God does. Right. Okay. So, so that sounds good. Okay. <laughs> that sounds good. And it's right. But, but talk about the space. What happens in the space between the time the promise is made and the time it's fulfilled? Is this just to, is, is this just to beat us up with, no. with, with agony? I mean, what, 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 because, because I, I can relate to what you're saying as well. You know, I, I believe I had a promise from God that I was going to start a church when I was, I believe I was 27 years old. Well, I didn't start it for 20 years. Right. Right. And, and, but here was the sad thing. I watched a bunch of people that I did know, you know, that were going <laughs> and they were planting churches. And some of them, I didn't think, you know, this is my arrogance, but I didn't think we're even as faithful to God as I was. Right. right. It was like, well, God, what about me? You made me a promise. Right. And so there was a 20 year gap there. Talk about what happens in the gap that's that's necessary. Now, James 5, 7 through 8 says, Therefore, be patient, brethren, until the coming of the Lord. The farmer waits for the precious produce of the soil, being patient about it until it gets early and late rains. Uh, you too, be patient, strengthen your hearts, for the coming of the Lord is near. Now, that's about the coming of the Lord, but I love all of the agricultural references in the Bible because it if you've ever had a crop— I mean, you don't put the seed in; and it comes up five seconds later. It's it. There is a there's honestly the patience is part of the process. And I've watched uh, to your point, people pop up and start their churches ahead of me and whatever. And some of them sprung up too fast, and it really was an impulsive move. And it wasn't, you know, it it didn't last. You know, I think I believe that that when you're on God's timing, that when He is, uh, when there's a delay there. He's working in your heart. He's working in your life. He's maturing you. He's preparing you um, because, man, if you can't, if you can't handle the waiting, you can't handle the promise. Mm. Because you know the waiting is agonizing as it is. Uh, you know, sometimes is preparing us for the because every time we get a promise, that doesn't necessarily mean the lap of luxury or some kind of huge blessing. It means you know the promise of of an opportunity to serve Him. There's usually sometimes hardship that comes with that, and it's going to take the the discipline and the uh, patience that we develop in the waiting process is going to help us fulfill the promise. Yeah, I think of, you know, the first thing that comes to my mind is I think of David. David was anointed king when he was a young man, right. yet it was years before he would years. take the throne. And one would say, well, what's the problem? I mean, Saul's rejected, David's chosen, let's just get this game on the road, right? Like, what what's the deal? Well... David David had to learn some things in that time. He had to learn what it was like to be chased around the countryside. He had to learn what it's like to be hated. He had to learn how to deal with his own heart because if he doesn't learn it now, what happens when those lessons come as king, right? He makes decisions and he hurts people. And before you know it, he finds himself throwing spears at people. And so David had to not only learn how to duck the spear, David had to learn how to not cut the robe off, the corner of the robe off, of of your enemy when you had the chance and you could have shanked him in the in mm-hmm. the in the cave and you could have taken you could have taken all of your problems into your hand and you could have ended them right there it was dark Saul was relieving himself it was like all right now's your chance and he cuts the corner of his robe and and even that convicted him and so David had to learn just because you have the opportunity to destroy your enemy doesn't mean that that's the godly thing to do now 
that would that would transpire later because he would need that lesson when it came to dealing with people like Joab, when it came to dealing with people like Absalom in his son in his, his own son, right? right? And and so we often think that in the waiting that somehow, you know, God is God is torturing us, but he's preparing us, like you said, for the call. If mm-hmm. you usurp the lessons that that take place during the waiting, you will not be prepared for your call. It will be a train wreck when God's promise comes because you will not have had the, tr- the, 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 the necessary refinement to bring you to a place of success when that time comes. Yeah, I want to talk a little bit more about that um, on the other side of the break, specifically just about uh, the beauty of in the waiting because there is joy and and I don't think we just sit there and twiddle our thumbs no. and kind of and kind of oh woe is me or whatever I I think we ought to be doing some cer- certain things during that time of waiting so hey you're listening to Shouts of Grace we will be right back you're listening to Shouts of Grace with Pastor Steve the radio ministry of Redemption Hill Church in Saratoga Springs Utah for more information about Redemption Hill you can visit our website at rhutah.church Shouts of Grace Radio is thankful for the encouragement from Key Radio, reaching Utah with the good news of eternal life from their station in Provo, Utah. Now, let's join Pastor Steve for the conclusion of today's conversation. Welcome back to the program. We are super blessed you can join us today. I am in studio today with a good friend of mine, Mike Cunningham, and we are discussing this idea of when God makes a promise, oftentimes, most times, Almost every time um, you could say that there is a period of waiting, and sometimes it's a long time. I discussed my period of waiting from the time God made me a promise to that I was gonna that I was gonna pastor a church until it actually happened was twenty years. And 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 Mike, during those times of waiting, it it can you a, a person can make it just extremely difficult on themselves, becoming bitter and angry. Where's mine, God? You promised type thing. Or they could actually be having their life transformed, you know, by keying into what God is wanting to do in them personally. And and, and using the example of David, how many Psalms did David write on the run when he was oh, yeah. just pouring out his heart before God? And, and, and you know, when I was, you know, I think of Psalm, what is it? I think it's Psalm 32 when he's saying, when, you know, when I was when I was quiet in silence and my bones waxed cold and then, you know, I, I confessed and you were there. And, and David learned during these times, you know. And so, Mike, talk about the importance of paying attention to what God's doing in our heart during the times when we're waiting, because you were in youth ministry for many years, as was I, you know that that every sixteen and seventeen year old is looking for yep. is looking for their spouse, and you know, and then they get out of school, and then they're you know in college, and they're young adults, and sometimes that doesn't come right away, and it's like ah, oh, and the temptation is to latch on to the first thing or first person, you know, that's the one, you know, and and so there is things God's doing and can do that we can enjoy during that time. Talk about enjoying God during the time of the waiting. Okay. So the funny thing that I've been conditioned myself for now is I actually get more concerned when something does happen fast because most of the time God makes us wait. Why? Because there is wisdom in waiting. When you look at the number one leadership, the number one pastoral, the number one parenting quality. It's usually wisdom, and wisdom is not something that you microwave. Wisdom comes from the waiting. It, it comes from, very r- rarely does we just pluck some young 
you know, young hotshot up and say, he's so wise. No, you usually say, man, this guy's charismatic. He's, he's got fire in his belly. He's great. And those are all great qualities. But the wisdom is the part when really people stop and listen. If you've ever seen somebody who's lived life, who's had lived through some things, who has come out the other side with their faith intact, when that person speaks, people stop what they're doing and they listen because of the credibility that comes with that. But that credibility is not cheap. That, that, that credibility and that wisdom comes with the price of walking in faith, trusting in God, being on his time frame, even when it hurts. And, and again, whether it's your spouse waiting for the right person, whether it's your calling, whether it's your education, whether whatever it is, you know, I think that there's wisdom in, in the waiting, in the trusting, and the following God. Yeah, several several years ago, in fact, in 2005, me and my family moved out to Utah um, to to plant a church. And the way that the Lord would order it would be uh, that we actually went went uh, alongside of a church and helped support a, a work that had just started. And so, um, while while we were there, we were there for about 12 years. Um, you know, over the course of time, things things started to change, and it turned into a very abusive, spiritually abusive um, culture in the church and. And it just it just ended in a really bad way, not just for me, but for just a lot of different people. Um, and then we had ended up leaving that and then going to um, going to a church in Salt Lake City where we ended up being our sending church. We were there for about 15 months, um, almost a year and a half and just uh, just saturated with grace. But but when we planted our church, you know, and we're coming up on four years here in January um, when we planted our church, I remember a time of just sitting back with the Lord and going, God, why did this have to happen? And why did you wait so long for this? I mean, I was on a porch in Southern California 20 years ago, and you gave me this promise. I don't understand this. And and here's what's interesting. What came out of the spiritually abusive situation was a pastor, Steve, that was very much in tune now with a group of people that that are ruled over in a harsh way by spiritual leaders. It made me a more empathetic leader. And considering the church um, that we started and a lot of the people that we minister to, it was almost as if God said, look it, we could have started a church 20 years ago, but the waiting was necessary because the person I wanted you to be, the pastor I wanted you to be for the group of people that I want you to pastor, there was no other way to accomplish this. You had to go through what you were going to have to minister people to come out of. So so when I looked at that and just that deep conversation I had with God, I thought, Lord, I wouldn't change a thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it took a lot longer, but like we said, God was preparing me for my call. And 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 I want to talk to the listeners on that for a second, Mike, because because the truth is, no matter what it is that they're waiting for, maybe it's the career, maybe it's the spouse, maybe it's you know something in church, is it not true that God has a different plan for every person and everyone's path doesn't look the same, the right. refinement process doesn't look the same? And so my word, we need, to, we need to hold on to the fact that God has our call and he's prepping us. Is that not true? It's totally true. And I think that, for example— when I look at my, our cohort, you know, there's a lot of guys who popped up mega church pastors at 28, 30 years of age, whatever. And I'll be honest with you, I've looked at, you know, some of that has ended well and some of it hasn't. 
And, you know, I look at, at my family dynamic and I look at, at what, where I, I, I don't envy that. You know, I came up being told that's exactly what you should want. This is, this is, this is what you're supposed to do. This is the measure of success. And what I've found in, in resting in God and letting he, letting him define my success and letting him define my um, work, my family, I have found great contentment and purpose in the work that I'm doing that doesn't, that doesn't have to be aligned with those kinds of values. And, and I think sometimes it's, you know, we scratch our head because of the pain. I think of, I think of Hannah, yeah. like, like just crying out for yeah. years. I mean, and there's some listeners that might even be able to relate with Hannah who was, who was barren. She couldn't have a kid. Right. right? And she's crying out, going well, to the temple. It's like, we, I became a father at 41. Yeah. We, so we, we went to, we went to Taiwan to, to become parents. And I think that there's, you know, that is a part of my testimony that, that I, you know, I would say that I'm happier but we rested in the Lord for 10 years at least. And, you know, that's that's 10 Mother's Days, 10 Father's Days, churches going all out, you know, and 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 I really was genuinely happy for everybody else. That was so that when it was really interesting is that then when we brought way home, that's when they all just showered us with mm. with, you know, because they knew how long we had waited for that. And yeah. I, I think that, you know, and again, it's it. It was a situation where, in that time frame, Sharon and I would sit down with other couples who, again, couldn't get out of bed in the morning. They were so upset mm. because of the same situation, and yeah. we, um, we just God used us. Yeah, and and I think that that's something that you have to keep in mind. You know, the proverb says that hope deferred makes the heart grow sick, but when it comes, it's a tree of life. You yes. know, hope deferred. It's like you're hoping. Oh, this is it, and then it, your heart just gets sick. But it's interesting. When it comes, it's a tree of mm-hmm. life. And here's the thing about a tree of life. A tree of life sprouts. A tree of life has branches. Mm. It, it shades other people. It's things people rest under. It bears fruit. For, you know, and, and I think when, when we go through the waiting game and, and we come out the other end like Job did. Job was a righteous man and he, he suffered great things only to end the book with him saying, I had heard of you, but now I see you. I had heard of you, but now I see you and I repent in sackcloth and ashes. It's like when we come out the other side of whatever our trial is in regard to waiting, we see the God we had heard of in certain character traits before, but now we really see him and our faith is deeper. Our relationship is closer to him. And and frankly, that, that refinement process and all the pain that was associated with it when it comes it's a tree of life, and it and it just helps others. It gives life to others. It gives hope to others. Talk to about talk about a person who's been barren for twelve years, and then they had a kid, and the person who doesn't is grabbing onto that tree of life and going, "There's hope there. There's right. hope there." Right? And so, so you know, we're 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 in good hands with a king um, that just loves us tremendously. Mike, in the in the last forty five seconds, what would you say to the person who's waiting on God and is discouraged? We worship a big God who loves you, who created you, made you in his image. And he has, he knows what's right. He is with you. And I think that in the trusting process, he's going to give you wisdom and strength that are going to be better than instant gratification. 
Amen. Amen. Hey, we are out of time for this uh, episode, our, our three-year anniversary, this episode of Shouts of Grace, and we are super blessed that you could join us. Listen, if you would like to contact us, um, you can do so by going to shoutsofgraceradio.com, and you can drop us a, a, an email there. You can drop us a note, a suggestion, a comment, encouragement, or even correction if that's what you want. But we are here to serve you. Hey, thank you for joining us, and we pray that the God of heaven, the one and only true and living God, blesses your socks off. God bless you, and we will see you next time on Shouts of Grace. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of Shouts of Grace Radio, practical conversations from God's Word, hosted by Pastor Steve Pearson. We hope that you have been encouraged to see the Bible as God's source of truth for everyday life and grace as the foundation for a genuine relationship with God. If today's conversation encouraged you in your journey following and learning more about Jesus, we would love to hear from you. You can visit us online at shoutsofgraceradio.com. At shoutsofgraceradio.com, you can listen to all of our episodes, share them online with your friends, and find out more about Pastor Steve. Shouts of Grace is an outreach of Redemption Hill Church in Saratoga Springs, Utah. Thank you again for joining us on today's show. And from all of us at Shouts of Grace, it is our prayer that you would grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ. Shouts of